0: I've often heard of stories of interconnected sequential dreams where a conversation carries from one dream to the next. But our guests tonight share stories of sequential dreams that are out of this world. In this Yosoi partner episode, we have Nathan, one of the people Edict met at the Yosoi event in Egypt last Feb. Nathan shares his personal path, which eventually led to the Egyptian pyramids and boat rides along the Nile. But that's just a portion of Nathan's story. We hear about connected dreams with his late mom, a synchronicity with one of the stories I've heard over here, and intergalactic dreams. Enjoy. Enjoy. So today we have a, a a special guest um it completes well it it pieces the story of Edict of his experience in Egypt but our guest today Nathan hails from Portland Oregon uh keep it weird
1: yeah you got it
0: and i'm i'm assuming he met uh, Edict in in Egypt and also of course before that he also had experiences which which pushed him to to attend uh, the Yosoi event in Egypt but Hi Nathan. Uh, good afternoon.
1: Hey, good morning. Good morning. To you. Good morning. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> yes. I'll start it out with uh, what we talked about in the email, but um tell us first, when did you realize that hey, I I'm kind of experiencing things other people aren't ex- experiencing.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I I think it really kind of came upon me more recently as a real uh thing that I have to acknowledge, whereas when I was younger, I felt like I had maybe a few experiences that we can get into in a bit, but um, I was, I was a highly sensitive child. I was very very empathetic to the point where I I would be confused when other people weren't as empathetic. And so I think that really actually helped me with my social skills and, and understanding people and being someone to help people. And I always just had a knack for for people and connecting with people when I was younger, but it never came through in a a really, um, supernatural way. It was just, Oh, highly, you know, social or something like that. And, um, and then it was only kind of when my mother got diagnosed with cancer, um, fought it off the first time. And then the second time when it came back, things started getting a little more, uh, tactile when it comes to intuition sensing the supernatural Mm -hmm. and kind of connecting with uh things outside of this 3d world a little bit
0: would you like to elaborate on that with in terms of your intuition and you know that the contact with the beyond the 3d dimension
1: yeah um I, i i mean we can go down so many paths with it i think it's it's along the lines of dreams that are somewhat prophetic or uh, really enlightening for me or very confusing to me at, at the time, but then make sense later. Yes. Um, and uh, for the most part, I, I was never really open to any of that stuff um, uh, until my mom passed. And okay. that really kind of opened up a whole new door because I had this desire to to connect with her. Connect, people. yes. And, yeah. And um, and I, I kind of like to, to phrase it as I, I I didn't really choose to pursue any of, of yes. this stuff. It just I stumbled into it and it's yes. kind of been, been thrust upon me a little. And and I've just been so grateful that I have the opportunity because it's you know it's a way to connect with my mom and a way to kind of have a build a new relationship and um answer some questions about the world that make me feel a little less, you know, alone, a little more enlightened and a little more comfortable and hopeful about the future.
0: Is it okay if you tell us about your, your connection with your mom as she, after she passed?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'll kind of give an overview of the okay. the, the story. Uh, so she was diagnosed with blood cancer. Um, and <clears throat> when I was in high school so I was 17 at the time and um, did some treatments got through some clinical trials it went into remission until about four years ago when it came back Ah, okay kind of uh, stronger and then there was just kind of a steady decline in her health and she was this this woman who was the most vibrant amazing lovely person in the world and also one of my best friends there was no one in the world more like me and, and no one more like her than myself. And yes. so we just could talk for hours. We we're extremely connected. We had a very deep bond. So to see her kind of start getting sick and, um, weathering away a bit, it, it kind of changed something in me. And <clears throat> I just wanted to do everything I could to help. So I was at every, every doctor's appointment, every time we went to the hospital, every treatment, every infusion, every, um, kind of messy element of the process. I wanted to be there helping in whatever way I could taking notes and, and, and whatnot. And then we had kind of a light at the end of the tunnel where she with with blood cancers, a lot of the time, um, the last solution is a bone marrow transplant. Yes. And so we were heading towards that direction. And her body was just kind of getting worse. And I was trying to help get, get it more strong, give her, give her strength, more sustenance, so she could, you know, get to that checkpoint yes. and um throughout that year leading up to her passing i just had this deep deep intuition saying this is her last year you know this is her mm-hmm. last birthday this mm-hmm. is like even though we have this light at the end of the tunnel everyone yes. is my every everyone in my family is hopeful and happy and excited i just i just know that this is this is it and so it was the year of her 60th birthday so i made sure to have kind of a more um a bigger celebration for her 60th birthday party, made sure that we reached out to a lot of people in her life that loved her and got video recordings and all sorts of things. And, and it, it, I was doing it subtly because no one likes to hear like, Oh, this is their last birthday. So I had to do it kind of discreetly um, to, to say, Hey, this is just a big birthday. Let's, let's make it worth it. But it was all kind of with a hidden intent, knowing that she was going to be, passing soon and i hated having that feeling it's not a fun feeling to accept and um and then my family kind of rejected it when i brought it up or had kind of questions about it and then there were there were points where she just confided in me you know like i don't know how much longer i can do this i think i i've I've got to call it soon and so eventually um Eventually she passed and I was pretty I was pretty broken after that. I had a, I had a really hard time with emotional issues and mental issues and mental health. And um it was right at the beginning of the pandemic too. Mm. So it just yeah. it, it coincided perfectly where like we <laughs> we were in our final days at the hospital and then they, they started restricting people from going in because of the spread of the virus. And uh, so once she passed, I definitely had dreams that were probably more PTSD related Mm, um, where it was about seeing the suffering, the pain, the, the um, discomfort. And, and, you know, maybe that was a projection of of my own stuff or, or maybe it was a, kind of just resonating energy that I was picking up on and then um something changed at some point where a few months later I had this really impactful dream where I remember I was it was a house in the woods and my my family home has a kitchen and and main area on the second level where where uh there's trees all around us in, in the pacific northwest so um I think it was reminiscent of that and we were hosting a dinner party in this dream and it was uh just very classic my mom was extremely social she she would always do something like this and um she was tired and fatigued and uh and exhausted and i um was with her there and I just saw that and I'm just like oh yeah this is exactly like the last year or two of her life this is really painful it's hard I have to step in and normally take care of things and help you know manage the, the party the people yes. make sure everyone's having a good time and she just leans leans over to me and says you know I'm very tired I have to lay down and I said yeah of course yeah I'll take over like don't worry about it in this dream and then she goes to lay down I take care I take over things some time passes in the dream and she comes back and she looks, you know, thirty years younger. She's mm. glowing. She's 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 got you know a beautiful, uh, beautiful a white top and black jeans on and pink yeah. lipstick. I can see yeah. it perfectly. And she grabs me and and sits me down and says, "Thank you." You know that 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 was that was perfect. Thank you for all your help. I just really needed to lie down. And I said, "Of course, like anything, yeah. anything. Uh, I'm, I'm I would do that for." for you mom yeah and she said well i really appreciate it and now i'm i'm much better and and so i just kind of i i I remember waking up from that dream after she was holding my hand and she she had her other hand on my arm while we were sitting on a couch and i i woke up and i remember the warmth of where exactly where her hand was on my arm and sometimes when i think about it even when i talk about it yeah Mm -hmm. area warms up you know And so I was just, I realized that that was something different. You know, that wasn't just a uh, imagination going crazy. It was a turning point for for her and for me, I think. And then since then, I've had a lot of other dreams that have been interesting. Uh, 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 Probably a month later, so this is still within six months of her passing. A month later, I... um, had another dream where she was laying on her couch from her childhood and she was Mm -hmm. maybe 20, 20 years old. Yeah, And I walk in and she, she looks at me and she's, she's curious about something. And she looks to me and says, Hey, like, do you have any theories? And I have no idea what context she's (laughs) talking about. I was just like, I'm just like, oh, uh, well, I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm curious about yours, mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are your, what are your theories? Yeah. And then, she kind of looks off, confused. And then I wake up. And I'm just like, okay, that was strange, but it was nice to see my mom. She looked good. Yeah. And then, a few, another month after that, I think I had a dream that was much more bizarre. So, I see this it's so hard to describe it's it's like it's okay. a yeah it's like a uh, a brilliant backscape of of purple and and um, kind of ethereal space like ether i don't yeah. know um yeah. obviously no no place i've ever been before yes. and and then <laughs> and then there are these images these these projections and kind of this blurry edged um screen of sorts but the screen has depth you know you can actually go into these these dioramas of experiences of different locations and I, and I started seeing things I'm just like oh is this a replay of memories that I've had in my life and I after a minute I realized there are parts of like oh that's Denmark and that's Greece and that's other places and that's other and I, I realized that these are my, these aren't my memories these are these are my mom's memories this is where okay. she's been before mm-hmm. and and so what was so interesting was I got to kind of double check some of these things when I woke up with my dad like did she go here did she go to this place did she see this monument are there pictures of her with this and and we got to kind of talk yeah she went here when she was this age she saw this when she was this age and and then the other strange element of this particular dream is I came out of those memories, which was, it felt like they were flashing kind of like, yeah. it was almost like downloading somewhere. Yes. And, and then I also come out back to the more kind of ethereal purple space. And, and I have this floating lifeless form in front of me and it's humanoid. It's It's just like, it's, and then I realize at certain points it looks a lot like my mom, my mother. And, and, but it's, shifting it's it's changing into all sorts of different things it's polygonal at certain points it's different colors at certain points it's it, you know it, it has it's genderless at certain yes points. yes and and i just see it kind of processing through all of these things as well as these the screen of memories kind of going on in the background and and i i i i feel like that would be something that freaks a lot of people out (laughs) to see. But for for me, I had this overwhelming feeling of, oh, this is fine. You know, this is...
0: It made sense for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is very normal. This is okay. And, And I'm just getting a peek of something that I don't understand.
0: So I'm going to ask you what your mother asked you. So what is your theory for that? What is your personal theory for what you saw?
1: So we get to a point in these dreams where things start making a lot more sense okay. uh yeah because i think look so, so what i did in preparation for this call was i kind of since my mom passed i started taking a, a, a writing down a dream journal and yeah. so i haven't reviewed it since since then until yes. this past weekend when i was like oh i want to have i want to have the memory fresh in my head yes. um and then i I actually started drawing all of these correlations and connections to things where I'm just like, holy shit, this is a, <laughs> this is, there are so many things that are actually making so much sense now that I look back on it for the first time. Uh, as I said, I'm pretty new to this world. It's just, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not cross referencing with other people in in this space. Other, I, I, I have reached out to like a medium and some energy healers and stuff. So there's some, some fun stories there that confirm other things. But for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm an interpreter this on my own yes, without, yes. Um, without a network to work with the next point kind of after that i had been told to reach out to a psychic uh, okay. because i was just like i'm having some strange uh connection with my yes. mom in these dreams yes. and um i think it was my cousin who said well maybe i i know of the psychic that people go to i'm not ready to go to one yet but if you want to try it out go ahead and um it was it was actually interesting when she recommended it because we were watching TV at the time and the TV started going in and out and just turning off, and not working. And we were like, what the TV's been fine up to this point. And it was because I was reluctant to text this medium and uh, set something up. We were just trying to get through this movie. And then she said, finally, like, OK, like, Nathan, you have to text this person Uh, because something is telling you to do something instead of sitting here watching TV. And so I said, uh, sure. Yeah. All right. Fine. I'll do it. And then as soon as I did it, the the medium got back to me and said, okay, yeah, let's set up time. And then the TV worked perfectly the entire as soon as it happened. Yes. There have been other things. That's kind of my connection to more supernatural stuff is electronics, lights, things like that, um, which I find kind of comforting. Um, uh, it, it's, it can be weird, but once you kind of get, get used to it, you kind of feel like it's a little like, hello, or yeah. something like that. And so I reached out to this medium and she said that my, my mom wasn't available. I, w- I really wanted to talk to her. Yeah. Um, but she was like, she's processing, she's going through a lot. She's, she doesn't understand the, the transition yet. Um, which makes perfect sense to me from everything I was experiencing and, and what my intuition was telling me was that mm. there was processing, there was downloading, there was integration of the you know universal truths that some um, people need to take some some time. I, yeah, uh, <laughs> to, yes. to get. To get to, she said that. Uh, eventually my mom did come through a little uh, months later when we connected again but in the meantime she was like yeah she she said it was all way too sci-fi for her to accept she was very <laughs> <laughs> she was very stubborn in her life and i was just like yeah that sounds like her that makes sense um and at that point i wasn't even really on board with how strange all of this behind the curtain stuff worked but I think at the time she, she was confused about the, the passing process and was when, when we would connect in those moments, she would, she was maybe asking, you know, what are your theory? Yes. What are are your theories about like, what the hell is going on? You know, like what,
0: what, what am I experiencing in the other side? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause I think, you know, I think that can be, um, hard for a lot of passing souls you know I, i'm not sure how many other guests you've had to talk about ghosts or, or spirits that don't move on and and i think you know that can be a real a real tipping point where if they if they don't accept moving yes, on yes it can keep them here in certain ways or, or fragments true. of them in certain ways um and fortunately my mom Kind of got over that hump, and, okay. and yeah, and and got there eventually because after that, um, and and I have more stories about the medium that are actually pretty fun as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get there. I have my questions. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> great, great. Let's uh, yeah, let's we can keep on this mom journey because it's, yeah, it's been so great for me. After that moment, I still had more dreams about her where I basically had a few a few more moments where it was me kind of in, in times of hardship where i was dealing with you know different different issues about work and i got laid off and i had a relationship that needed to end and then there was another time where i was like crying under a tree or something in a dream and she came over to me and uh she was there, which I was immediately comforted, and then she put her hand on my back, and and it was raining wherever I was in this dream. Um, she just said, you know, it looks like you have everything you need to weather this; like you'll you, you'll be okay. And and then she gave me a hug, and and I said, okay, you know, thank you. I kind of I needed that. And then these dreams started happening more and more frequently, where it's not anything super. I don't know. Astounding. It's 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 really just comforting, and it's really just like you can do it. Like get to the next step. Mm, Get
0: there. You know, like this is this is good. Quick question, Nathan. So, I mean, you're technically you're the first person, well, maybe second or third person I've talked to who has um, sequential dreams, meaning usually people who have a loved one who passed. They get a visit once or twice, <laughs> at the most. For, from what I've heard, now, from what I've heard, usually it's just once or twice. You you get uh, someone who passed away, a, a parent or a brother, or a sister, or a cousin. You get a visit once or twice. But for you, it was it was quite a lot, right? Yeah. Am I, am I correct to assume that? Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're connected, meaning she's she's supporting you with your problems mm-hmm. in those successive dreams.
1: Yeah. Well, and and what was becoming clear, like. <laughs> it wasn't super surprising to me in the, in the meantime when it was Mm -hmm. happening, because I was just like, Oh, of course we had such a strong bond. If she's focusing on me, of course, like that would be, that would make sense to me. Um, but what, what kind of became more clear over time is that she was helping me get ready for more work, more, uh, more of my purpose and more learning about what I need to do with my life. And, seeing that I was in a you know a rock-bottom, dark place after her death and the pandemic and bad relationships and all of these things and getting laid off, um, it it was, I think, kind of her way of saying, no, 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 like, you got this. We're going to keep going. You have important things to do, um, which is a lot how she was in, in, in really? life, too, which really reassured <laughs> me that, that, yeah, this is not me making this up. That's definitely yeah. her. Yeah. Um, and so then... At one, at one point I was so so sure that this stuff was real that yeah. I was telling my dad about all of these dreams. And I was saying, you know, I'm actually feeling a lot better about mom's passing and, and I'm feeling really good. And, and she said this the other day, she reminded me of these things. She helped me with this advice. She, um, you know, she, she's been around and <clears throat> so I've been actually, it helped me in my grieving process yes, to yes. really get to a new, a new point, yes. um, which was so cool. And um, and then my dad, who was obviously going through his own grieving process, yes. um, they were married for like 30, 36 years. Wow. And, uh, uh, you know, basically after, after your partner passes, when you get married as a 20 year old, you, you kind of revert back to that 20 year old mentality a little bit and, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, get a little more, a little more cynical, a little yeah. little more, I mean, and for obvious reasons, it's, it's totally fair. Um, and and we were there to help each other through it. It, it honestly brought us very close together as a family. Um, and it was good. But he, being an agnostic, skeptic, yeah. uh, scientist, engineer, which my whole family was kind of of that ilk, um, yes. uh, <laughs> I, and I was too. I, I have my degrees in, in bioengineering and chemistry, and uh, very science-oriented and very fact-based.
0: Yes, it's very hard for you to, to connect those the things you're experiencing versus the things you, you you studied and you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. The rationalization really takes a few uh, it, it takes some leaps uh, yes. for, for how all of this this might work. Yeah. But that's where intuition comes in and, mm, and yeah. you know, finding your truth and centering yourself and really just not not listening to the, the things that we've been programmed to think, but that really, really feel like like truth. you and and through meditation and and a bunch of other work uh that's that's something that everyone can can i think tap into a little bit but my father being the skeptic he is or was at the time um was like okay so you're you're saying she's in this you know world of of, of, and you're talking to her she's but she's you know she's dead she's when 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 our bodies die we turn into dust and our, our neurons stop firing our heart stops beating that's it. We, we, we go into the ground and, and that's it. And, and I said, well, I, you know, I, I just, from my experiences personally, I really don't think so. Um, and I used to, uh, but, but something's changed. So he was like, okay, so where is she? What does it look like? Like what's the, what are the rules there? Yeah. What are the physics <laughs> of the place? Uh, and how does it all how does it all come together? Yeah, and so I said, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I can ask her. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll see. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I was able to, um, fortunately, like uh, probably a month after that or something, I had another dream where I. Um, was with mom and uh, said, you know, Oh, it's so good to see her. It's so great. I can still spend time with her. I miss her. And she, she returned the love obviously. And, um, and then she said, uh, Oh, I said, Oh yeah. Uh, Dad had some questions. Yeah. for you.
0: <laughs> it's good that you remembered while you were dreaming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause and, and throughout this process, I've gotten a lot more conscious in my dreams as yeah. well. So, so I, I can, I can remember my, my waking life instead of uh, just kind of going through motions I said, you know, like what's it what's it look like where you are? Uh what can you describe it? And she said, well, not exactly. (laughs) It's uh uh, the the feeling I got from her and it was was very much like it kind of have to know it to understand it and Uh, So I said, can you draw it? So there was a 2D piece of paper and it had kind of an image in the background as she was drawing of of maybe like a a landscape or or an ocean Mm -hmm. and it was very geometric. And then on top of it it was all of these scribbles that kind of uh, balanced out to like a it's like in computer graphics when you have a, a, a flat gridded plane and yes. you can like pull the plane up oh, okay. and down okay. and, get yeah. and you have those, you know, that that uh, visual of, of dips and, and motion of, yeah. on this, this flat plane that has been manipulated in X, Y, and Z axes. Yes. Um, and that was all overlaid on top of it. And I said, I looked at it and I said, okay, I don't understand, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for trying. Like yes. that's helpful. I mean, kind of. And then the other question my dad had was, oh, she's visiting memories. Like, she she told me she was visiting different memories about when she was younger, when she fell in love with my father, when she had her kids. And and he was just like, how does she visit memories? Like, <laughs> memories are a point in time. That doesn't make sense. Yes. And so I asked her this. And so she said uh, that, well, she's in a diff- different <laughs> – the rules are different where yes. she is. Yes. <laughs> it's a, It's a different dimension where you can access – times and spaces almost like more like a catalog than than uh actually needing to have a linear understanding of it all Um, yeah and those emotions and the energy attached to those times and spaces can be something that's easy to to access yeah exactly and so i think this was this was a more impactful dream where i was saying uh, i got this information and i was kind of happy that I remembered to ask these questions. And
0: what did your dad say? <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go just,
1: ahead. R- just wrapping this up. Um, I I uh, was able to wrap up that dream. And this was an an interesting, more bizarre element because it didn't line up with the rest of our contact to this point where, Um, I said, it's so great that we can talk like this and you can share this information with me. And I feel so connected to you still. And it's so nice, even after you've passed. And she said, yes, like, I love it. I love you. But also, we won't be able to talk like this forever. Um, And I asked the question, like, oh, why not? And um, immediately, kind of like telepathically, as I asked the question, it kind of came back to me. And I said, oh, you're getting a new assignment. And she said, yeah. And so, I understood that and I said okay well I'll you know'll we'll have whatever connection we have in the future so that was how that dream ended
0: can, can I ask first when you meant assignment uh, uh, yeah you can tell me how you understood it I, I don't want to put words in your mouth when you meant assignment
1: mm-hmm. yeah I didn't really know uh, okay she, yeah so I was just like okay what that like, I don't know okay. assignment well, I, did, well, I thought when you when you when you pass on, you don't really, you don't have homework at that yeah. point. You know, you've got, <laughs> you've, you've got other things to do and it's like paradise or something, yes. but now apparently there's jobs at all, all, all levels, I guess. Yes, and, yes. um, and maybe it was the, the most clear, concise way to communicate something to me that is obviously more complex than I would be able to understand. Yes. I, I took it for, for face value and I said, okay, well, okay. you know, we've, we've made it this far, so that we'll just, go in stride. Um, And so to answer your question about what my dad said in response, he was still very skeptical about all of these things. He thought it was interesting. And, and like any skeptic, he had follow-up questions to anything I presented to him. I was just like, oh, I'm not talking to her right now. So I can't ask these clarifying questions, but it it, it was, it made him think for sure. And it was a turning point in his relationship with his grief and also my mom. And his spiritual journey separately, which you know, it's it's funny because now he's extremely spiritual, doing all sorts of of personal practices and meditation and yoga and zero balancing stuff and uh, what's zero
0: balancing? You know,
1: I have no. (laughs) he's gonna he's gonna show it to me tomorrow we're we're gonna get together and he's gonna gonna give me a lesson in it but i I, there are plenty of things that and 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 paths that he's gone down that i just i i i have to learn about as well
0: (laughs) nathan if i can interject a quick uh well a quick story just to connect with what you said about what your mom showed you with uh Geometric, I mean the the plane where she where she got where she kind of we've kind of pulled up the X Y Z and mm-hmm. that description. Okay, um, last year we got to talk with Jamie. If not, I'm not sure if you were able to listen to that, where she talked about the time spirit. So she was able to channel a time spirit, technically, and this time spirit showed her the stream of time. Mm. So no, I, I don't think I listened to that. Okay, yet, so yeah, so it was showing her. How that how time operates on our plane, on our on our dimension, and I, I was I was of course uh, astounded because that ha- that that actually came out before Loki came out, talking about I'm not sure if you follow the Marvel shows. Oh but yeah, 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 I've seen Loki. Yeah. So it, it came out before that. It came out before the trailer of that. So I was she wasn't making this up for me. She wasn't making this up, or she probably did. I don't know. She does Dungeons and Dragons also. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So we got to talk to someone here in the Philippines who connected with us because of that episode. And she told us that she also had experience with, uh, she would call it a time elemental. Uh, there there are two. And they would visit her in her dreams, instructing her, teaching her. But uh, apparently uh, they they tell her, you cannot tell people these things, all of these things. So whenever we would start talking about it, she would get migraines and she'd, then she'd say, oh, I have to stop because I'm getting a headache. And anyway, one of the things she described off the air was the same as your description of how your mother showed you what that place looked like. Oh, really? Uh, the, the geometric shapes, uh, the same way you described it. Wow, a, a little. There are little variations, but sure. that is how uh, events in the time stream occur. That's how she saw it.
1: That's wild. That's so yeah. cool. I mean, I I haven't talked to many people about this, but that is another kind of like verification step for me. That uh, that might be kind of at least some some semblance of accuracy. To <laughs> yes, <laughs> How yes, our, yes. our minds can interpret it at least. Yes,
0: and. And one of the, again, this well, you were at the Yoso event, so you, ETs are not that far out for you. But we talked with another person here in the Philippines who has uh, experience with ETs and can communicate with some of them. And one of the th- things she took away from some of her uh, uh, conversations was that time here in the 3D dimension is a construct made for mm-hmm. us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so the same way as your mo- what, what your mom said that in that dimension time is the present the past the future it's all occurring at once mm-hmm. so she can access her memories anytime I mean it's not it's not like a, there's a process if she wants to go back in time she can go back in time it's it's not uh, so there sorry sorry to uh, no, intrude no 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 that's perfect
1: yeah I I I totally agree with that. And and that's kind of been my understanding as I get more, uh, uh, connections and kind of visions to, to some of this stuff where it's not, it's not as simple and linear as we interpret it, uh, in our day-to-day lives here for sure. And I've had, I've had other dreams that are more kind of like, uh, Astral projection, almost yes, yes. experiences, um, where I have no idea what's going on, but I uh, have gone to other places where I feel like it's it's too it's just too creative for my mind to have just made up. <laughs> it's too it's too wild. It's too.
0: Uh, Can you describe? Uh, some of the people here might have <laughs> might have experienced them
1: yeah sure so so there was one time and and i've had so the way that i've kind of been able to track down when these out-of-body experiences or or, or um projection moments happen is i i i find I'm, I'm normally in bed and in quite a meditative state or or just in between awake and asleep and get uh, vibrations kind of all over my body yes. and then the first time it happened, I felt like I was just leaning against my wall, but I was laying in my bed. And so I was just like, okay, what, what's going on here? And then um, the, the second time it happened, I um, thought of like, I think like the stars or something. And it brought me to a place um, where I was immediately pulled to somewhere like a flash um, up above the clouds of this beautiful, beautiful uh, sunny sky. So there was a cloud layer below us, blue sky and the sun above us, and then this highway of flying crafts, uh, hundreds and hundreds of them, but all in in, in quite a uh, uh, structured uh, organizational system as far as how they're going down that direction and and there were crafts I'd never seen before things I haven't really uh, mostly metal mostly dark um, but then there were also little flecks of light um, balls of light yeah. traveling through all of them as well and and as I was up above probably a hundred feet above this this you know sky highway uh, I I saw a ball of light stop and come out of the the, the I don't know the current of (laughs) of the highway and and recognized me and then came up to like get closer to me and and what I noticed is that um you know like a lens flare when you point your camera at the sun it it was very circular like that and and as undefined as that but beautiful and, and bright bright white light with a dense light core and as it got closer to me it had more of a Shape to it, more of like a more kind of like almost like wings sticking out of the center, as well as like uh, just a dense light body in the in the middle. And,
0: yeah, and uh, humanoid or yeah, I I, I I
1: didn't get close enough um, because my my position shifted as soon as it started approaching. Um, but I felt very comfortable and I wasn't scared or anything. I felt very fine. But but I did see like a head shape and like basically kind of a Y of light that could make up a body itself. Yes. Yes. Then I had another interaction where I was down on a surface uh, right after that of of a place I'd never been before with huge uh, metal buildings and kind of like overpasses that were probably not overpasses but hundreds and hundreds of feet up and shiny and there was concrete and there was different levels of this open space kind of like bustling courtyard area uh i don't know that, that's like um did you see the disney movie tomorrowland
0: yes yes
1: yeah so it's kind of like the the I- yeah. idealized futuristic yes uh uh metal and concrete uh utopia vibe and and i remember feeling very curious and very welcomed there um i, I didn't get a lot of information about what was going on or why yes I was there, but <laughs> <laughs> yes uh but it was really just kind of me jumping from from place to place without a lot of uh conscious intent behind it which which was weird
0: again to to support you with that experience we it is in filipino so I, i'm sorry you won't be able to understand but there <laughs> is okay. a girl that we've talked to she is actually a tarot reader and she ki- we kind of went on a there was another uh, experienced practitioner and they went on a spiritual journey a spiritual walk it was a few minutes but your description of how you what did it feel like you were like sucked out of earth that you traveled into space and then you got there
1: yeah I felt like I was at the end of a straw and some something had pulled you out pulled me through it yeah yes. <laughs>
0: that that's that's the same thing she experienced but she, she she was describing it as we she was experiencing it so she said wait I'm being pulled out of Earth Wait I'm seeing stars wait why is it everything so she felt like if you can imagine being step uh, standing here on earth and then suddenly zoop, you're zoomed out into a different planet she felt. Same way, the same way you described it, and then she, although the the planet was different from what she described, but uh, yeah, she went to a different place. So it, it kind of sounded like what you experienced when you were pulled out.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, and and I think there's been nothing that clear uh, before. There were there were other times where I kind of looked into out of body experiences and astral projection and how it really should be done intentionally if, yes. if you are going to do it. Yes. <laughs> and whereas my, my uh, I think naivety in this area has, I really want to get to a point where I can open and close the door to these experiences. Whereas right now I'm just kind of stumbling through them sometimes by accident. Um, and so there have been situations where I feel like I have intruded On Mm. uh, a space, and or 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 maybe kind of zooming zooming through something, and there are people who are uh, confused or don't know why I'm there, and I'm just like, I don't either. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) yes, that's the same description. That's uh, just a question. When you do astral projection, is it always on a different? planet or is it here do you have
1: i yeah i've never experienced it here at Ooh. least to a to a degree that i can um yeah understand um that's always been other enough enough strangeness around me yeah. to make me think that it's not like down the street or yeah. anything like that
0: because the same the same way you describe it that when you're astral traveling and then there are entities that look at you differently it's like you've intruded into their space it's the same description of that person that i was talking about and so when you saw those let's say entities or i don't know how to call them or ets do you remember what they look like
1: oh yeah there've been um plenty of different experiences <laughs> where <laughs> where sometimes they look like like people i know um, yeah. and okay. and i kind of i feel like it's uh my brain making sense of of the the world around me and trying to put um put a picture together in a way that is safe for me (laughs) or or comfortable um and then there are other times where it's it's definitely strange looking humanoid people uh and and i think at first the first time i i would see these things i would be a little scared or uncomfortable um but since kind of going down this path a little more and having some some personal experiences with getting rid of dark energies or or dealing with dark energies, I kind of want to go into every situation every situation with understanding, love, and acceptance, and that kind of comes through in in my presence whenever I'm anywhere, um, whether it's you know whether it's today in real life in three yeah. D, yes. or if I'm you know. Having a dream about somewhere else yeah and so i've seen beings that are you know classic classic green large large heads black eyes and um as well as things that are like you know a seal that is a humanoid standing on two Mm -hmm. legs (laughs) as well as yeah
0: that's the first i've heard of it
1: yeah or or you know just uh i don't know i I think recently i interacted with a, a a lemur type Person, I don't know. It's 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 it sounds as as crazy as I feel when I Not say press. it out loud. Okay, <laughs> <press>. go ahead. <laughs> uh, and yeah, there, I mean there there have been things that are actually quite scary as or are classically scary. Uh, you know, if we had run into it here, where I think there was something that I interacted with where I held out my hand to 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 greet it, and it had kind of this you know, you know, Wookiees from Star Wars. It was kind of that build, but the face was just kind of flat and big round eyes and this gaping mouth. And so I was like, yep, my my thing is to go into all these situations (laughs) with love and understanding. So I will be friendly. And I, you know, I held out my hand and then it, um, grabbed my hand and then put it in its mouth. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is how I lose a hand. Uh, (laughs) And uh, instead I I was allowed to remove my hand from their mouth and I had a a little trinket of sorts. And so I don't understand who this thing was or or what the culture was like, but I got the, we were communicating more through emotions and and, um, thoughts and vibes um and so I, I removed my hand and i thought oh this is a this is a kindness you know this is a this is a, a sweet thing so i will respond with kindness as well um and and so that was maybe one of the strangest interactions i had with uh dream being um but then there were other times where there were things that were posing as humanoid or, or humans um but we actually more like amphibians um, and water-ish water people. Um, can
0: can you describe what those amphibious?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I I haven't heard a lot about other examples of these, but uh, I my experience was that they were almost like a really ugly mermaid. Okay. (laughs) Yes. 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 Not, not in a classically beautiful sense, but they also had, um, it was more like a mix between. Some had had traditional kind of like mermaid tails. Others had four, like, like were bipedal and had two legs. Yeah. Um, and, and they were not very pretty. Uh, they were kind of gray and scaly and slimy and, um, but the situation I had kind of jumped into in this in this dream um, was one of distress for the, mm. the the beings that were of the scaliness. so I, I approached and said no I'm here you know I want to help yeah.
0: gonna,
1: I want to um, assist you so so that actually calmed the situation down just having my energy I think there and there even though I was kind of scared because I was, I was like I don't fully understand what i just popped into and yes. i didn't really have an intention of being here but here i am um, yeah and so so that was a good lesson for me to also just um, make sure that i could be more accepting and yes. and and if i am you know accidentally interacting with beings or places around the universe or different dimensions or different levels of things i need to be really careful and respectful you yes. know because i don't have the skill set to do it really intentionally yeah my skill set that I can bring is just, hey, whatever's happening, be friendly, be understanding, be respectful. Um, and 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 you know, be be humble, you know, make sure yeah. that I have no I go into the situation saying I have no idea what I'm doing, but here's the energy I can bring and I can try and help.
0: Yeah. So how, how often do you get these I mean you've you've enumerated quite a lot of experiences. How often do you get these dreams or these uh, astral travels?
1: I mean, I think it's uh, probably a couple times a month. Maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so since my mom passed about two years ago, um, that's when things started ramping up, and I think in the past year, it's actually gotten a lot more frequent. Um,
0: uh, are you getting visitations?
1: No. No. I'm not. Okay. Um, I did have some experiences that needed to be cleansed uh, that I needed to really uh, change about my home situation Mm -hmm. where the first time I met with psychic, she was just like, your mom's not here. You have to cleanse your home. You also have to break up with your partner. (laughs) And, and and so I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just wanted to talk to my dead mom. I, (laughs) you know, what, what else is going on universe? Um, And uh, so through that process, I kind of realized like, over, over the, the cleansing of the next year, um, and the things I needed to do, there, there were things that, that were very, um, malicious, I think Mm. that I, that I maybe ignored at the time. Um, but as I got more sensitive, I could tune into what was going on. I thought it was maybe anxiety or depression, getting the best of my mental health. But then at some point I was just like, no, this is actually, there are things that are lining up here as, you know, uh, pokes in the back while I'm in bed or noises or slamming doors or um, things that I think because, you know, as, as I had stated earlier with all of the, the chaos happening in my life at the time, I had kind of allowed myself to have no protections, no energy, just be completely depleted. And um, I think there's, there's a lot of energies in the world that can see that as an opportunistic moment. And therefore, kind of jump in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Actually, that's one of the learnings uh, I've I've had from the people I've talked to, which I did not, I thought was too new age for for my taste before. That if you stay positive, like attracts like. So if you stay positive, you attract positive uh, spirits, positive entities, positive energy. But again, we are human. <laughs> we cannot avoid getting down. We cannot avoid depression. We cannot avoid uh, grief and sadness. And if it takes over us, we attract the same thing. So that's... Right. So so, so can I ask, because uh, one of the things we we advocate with the podcast also is uh, teaching people how to not really cleanse or maybe similar to what you did, how did you cleanse or, I don't know, how, how would you describe it? Uh, clean your area. Yeah
1: um it was also when the when the medium said that i kind of got her advice to on what to do so yeah. there were things about saging the house going mm-hmm. through a ceremony making it very intentional saying what wasn't and wasn't welcome and what your intent was for your space um and making a, a bit of a ceremony out of it um and <clears throat> then aside from that just on a daily basis i think meditation is the best like solution to all of this and not only because it helps you personally um it it also is a way for you to visualize your protections and your barriers and and your connection to higher beings and your spirit guides And, and at this point in my process i understand that everyone has guardians everyone has ancestors everyone has spirit guides that are always available that are always with them and you you basically have this this team yes of of amazing
0: support network yeah
1: yeah they have amazing support and protectors and you know i I consider my mom's energy as one of them at this point and um and so one just thinking that you know like believing in that is extremely uplifting and 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 makes you feel hopeful and not super alone and and then realizing that like Talk to them. Ask them. Make sure that this is kind of the the rule you're setting for your experiences. Is, yes. is hey, I have these ancestors. I have these protections. I have people who love me in this world and others. You know, like and and all of that will come to um, to my aid and and will will prevent um, terrible things from from happening and and. Um, I say that with a word of caution because when terrible things happen all the time, yeah, um, and and so you know we live in a world of duality and all of these things um, where good and bad isn't necessarily what you should be striving for all the time, one or the other. It should just be acceptance of of the way that kind of the universe works and what needs to happen. Well,
0: when you said about the spirit guides, we're, uh quick question: we're, have you been able to? communicate with other guides that you might have in dreams or I think
1: maybe it, it's mm-hmm. never been extremely clear um yeah I I, I wouldn't want to say I have without having a really clear example you know my fact-based background yes <laughs> some, some good evidence for that yes, yes. It yes. Uh, but but I definitely you know I've I've more recently pulled tarot and and worked with pendulums and asked mm. during my meditations for signs and and i think beings come through and guidance comes through and i'm not sure who it is all the time or what yeah. it is all the time but i definitely feel supported um and, but it's it's never as clear as like my conversations with my mom with your mom dreaming.
0: yeah Yeah. Mm, okay Be- before we continue to um you mentioned you have some uh, stories with a medium that are quite interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. So as, as I was saying earlier, you know, someone told me to just reach out to this medium um, because it might help me uh, connect with my mom more. And I, I was excited about that and um, thought that that might be a really good idea. So I think it was in September where I first reached out to her in, of, of 2020 Um she knew nothing about me. She's somewhere in Florida, actually. So we had a FaceTime, um, and I was very skeptical. You know, I was like, okay, you know, where does where does this information come from? Um, how how does it work? Just t- told her my name, and she pulled some tarot cards, and then she was like, oh, you're ending a relationship. And I, <laughs> I said, no, no, I'm not. What? <laughs> I mean, I guess in a way, I, 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 like my 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 mom yeah. has. Passed, and that's kind of what I'm looking to address. Um, And she said, nope sorry, that's not what we're here for today." (laughs) I understand your mom has passed; she is processing. There is someone else here for you. I think it's a grandmother, um, but uh, they're letting me know that that your mom is busy, uh, still still getting used to things, um, and we won't be talking to her today. You need to end the relationship you're in. And I said, Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And it, it was kind of amazing because it was like being told a secret that I had been keeping from everyone, including myself because it was just, there was so much going on in my life that I didn't want to have another thing to uproot and to deal with. <laughs> I, we, we talked for like an hour and a half about how she identified me as a bright white light. And I have a great, um, kind of spiritual history in the universe. And it's being it's being um, tamped down, it's being depleted, it's being manipulated at the moment and used for someone else. And being a bright white like being in in this world is is amazing and great. But you also have to be cautious and discerning about how you use your energy because um, like attracts like, of course. Um, but, you know, bright white light also attracts moths and flies and people who want to take advantage of that power and that, that love and that comfort. And, <clears throat> and I found myself in a lot of those situations in my life where I am the caretaker, I am the giver, I am the person who constantly, um, I, I feel like I come from a place of privilege. And so I want to constantly give all the time uh, to take care of people and help them live their best lives, sometimes at the expense of myself.
0: So, so if I can interject, so these are instances where people with problems would go to you and they would unburden themselves on you and you would feel depleted after?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Okay. definitely. And and especially as someone who's empathetic, I think it it works yeah. as a catch-22 for me where I can feel their pain yes, or I feel yes. what, that I want to help, but also it's draining to have that feeling all the time when I have no um, reserves for, for, for handling yeah. it myself. Yes. Um, and so after my relationship situation was, was much more like I was the caretaker. I was the the one helping this, this person. And, uh, my mom got sick, passed away, pandemic happened. I lost my job. I was the one who needed support and it wasn't happening. And, um, and to no fault of this person, but uh, it just wasn't the right thing for either of us at that time, and so as a result, <laughs> we had an hour and a half of of this medium saying exactly why I need to break up with them, <laughs> and and so I was just like, Jesus, okay, like this was <laughs> this is not exactly what I signed up for, but yeah. I'm I'm glad we're we're hitting all these points. Uh, So I ended up breaking up with them like three months later or something, but I wasn't going to do it just because a medium told me to, I had to figure it out for myself. Um, And at which point, of course, it was, was very true. And then I I reached out to her again, later on after I had gotten laid off and she said, Oh, this person with the J name is going to help you. You're very well liked at work. You're going to go back there. I was like, Oh, what? No way. Okay. And Sure enough, eight, six months later, uh, this person with the J name, who was my mentor at work, hired me back as in a new position where I was making more money, and uh, I don't know, over the moon with kind of how this new situation just kind of played out. And it was great because I I needed that time period of being laid off to go on some of this spiritual journey. That's where I started uh, learning more about myself and and ending the relationships I needed to end and opening myself up to the new thoughts about you know the world and history and the universe and spirituality and getting on the Gaia network that eventually led me to this Yosui event and all of these things um and so there there were just plenty of little things like that through our conversations that were very helpful uh about like the month or sorry the year after my mom had passed we had a meditation celebration together as a family and um I was wearing her favorite necklace. It was, it was a really strong meditation just to honor my mother's passing since it had been a year. I was with my father and my cousin at the time. It was really um, impactful. And then I talked to the medium again a couple weeks after that. And she said, Oh, your mom's here. And she says, um, she wants to thank you for all the help that you've done that you did for her in her end of life and how great you were and how much that drained you. And she, she, Wanted to um, apologize for not recognizing how much you put in at the time because she was almost expecting it. Yes. Um, but but thank you. And and then also she said thank you for wearing her necklace, and <laughs> and I was like what? <laughs> because it, that she was like yeah at the at the you were meditating and there was something about a necklace and she said it was really important to her and and um, that it meant a lot that you all did that and so I was like yeah I guess that's that's the only time I wore her necklace was to think about her directly yeah. and honor her a year later and yeah uh, so, so plenty of these moments that just feel very satisfying and and relieving and connecting and comforting.
0: Just a quick question again before we go get to you soy being a technically you are a scientist i would say you are a scientist with, with 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 what you studied you are you are a scientist given that background how do you reconcile that with that that say that, that story that story with the necklace how do you reconcile i mean i i am a believer I, I i don't need to be convinced about the, the that other world or that the other planes the other dimensions but you given your background how do you cause a lot of people are like you they they are skeptical they are they don't believe but can I ask how you...
1: Yeah, I think um, it took a while for me to come around um, until I had enough, like, in-your-face experiences. Oh, okay, uh, okay. But, but also, since since then, and, and in that period where I was doing a lot of research about, you know, human history and how the world works, and, you know, there have been enough social issues going on recently with, um, especially in America, uh, where <laughs> we are... <sighs> the way I grew up through the public education system, a lot of it is, is a lot of the information I was fed was quite inaccurate, especially when you talk to other cultures or other people of other races or people of other socioeconomic statuses, their history is different. And, and so we're not taught about the injustices and the genocides and the, the uh, extreme um, kind of imbalance of
0: powers. Subversion. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. And so I'm like, whoa! if our history can be, manipulated and made up what else can and um, and so I think there's a lot there's a lot there we're, we're, a lot of what we see and have generally accepted as truth as society and a global population is mm-hmm. has been very well curated by yes powers that be
0: that is a very nice way to see it yeah
1: <laughs> it, it, there there is a lot of intent behind what we think and what we feel and believe as a global society and and i think sometimes it was good sometimes it was bad but regardless it's not 100% of the truth then as a scientist like i i look back at the history of science and the discoveries that we're making today versus the discoveries that we were making 100 200 years ago and and so to think that we 100% understand everything about science, physics, and and the, the universe right now in 2022 is extremely ignorant and naive, I think. And so, you know, uh, if a hundred years ago we didn't really understand germ theory, or maybe 200 years ago, and people weren't washing their hands before operating on someone, you know, like uh, that seems crazy back then. But think about a hundred years from now, how how juvenile our scientific understanding would be considered today. And so having that level of understanding, like everything in the past was considered witchcraft until it was widely accepted in a, and written down in a textbook somewhere and then taught to students. Uh, and so sure, maybe there's a lot of witchcraft or, or supernatural stuff going on um, these days that we totally write off and, and reject. And in a hundred years, it'll be in a textbook that they're teaching in schools. I think that the, just the, the one like cherry on top for all of this was digging into quantum physics, I think, where it's kind of that untouchable zone for a lot of like mainstream science uh, heads where it's like, yep, that's, that's just, it's a little confusing and we don't know how to completely talk about it because it it means that there are other dimensions that we have to work with and, and put into mathematics and calculations, of things and and you know, um, uh, not understanding when a particle will be acting as a particle or when it will be a wave or when it will be observed or unobserved and what that means, you know. So there's there's magic in that in itself, but it's it's the, the basis of all science and, and kind of existence.
0: So I remember this experiment, the Japanese experiment where he put two or three plants on a jar with water and then one plant he would reinforce with kind words the other plant he would ignore the other plant he would reinforce with uh, negative emotions or negative words and there was a a calculable and a measurable effect on those plants with just intention technically their intention and I don't know the scientific uh, basis for that but uh, I mean those are things that we have not yet been able to explain
1: yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that, and I think there's there's rationale there, and and things that we will be able to explain and will be widely widely accepted as science. Yeah. in In coming years, maybe not now, but yeah. uh, there there is a, there is a reason behind all of it. All of it is very scientific at its base, I think. Um, and and that's actually kind of what got me accepting of some of this Yosoi path. That, yeah. that I was exposed to because. I'm sure you talked about this a little bit with Matthias being the main person yes. um, organizing a lot of this and his foundation. Um, but the, the way I found out about him was on the Gaia network. Yeah. He, he would just talk about how these kind of universal laws happen um, and, and ha- he would explain them so plainly and I would be listening to him and I would just have things clicking in my Mm -hmm. head, you know, I'm just like, that's just, this feels right to me. That, that makes perfect sense. And, and a lot of it is based in science and and physics um, when you get down to the the brass tacks of it. And I think one thing that I experienced throughout the, the Yosoi path was um, an understanding of duality and darkness and light and how, you know, there can be multiple levels of understanding it where, you know, you can have a positive and negative charge within an atom and, that is what creates motion. That is what creates energy and vibration. And, um, and if we didn't have that duality, that polarity of positive and negative, we wouldn't have motion. We wouldn't have growth. We wouldn't have evolution. And, and that can be applied at multiple levels, not just the building blocks of life and atoms, but also with biology and also with, um, larger scale physics and, and, and gravitational poles and forces. Yes, and gravitational pull. You can kind of trace back everything that he's talking about to a lot of these scientific truths that are generally accepted. They're just applied in a more spiritual sense to kind of make some, some leaps compared to our, our, our scientific world today. But, but enough uh, with enough connective tissue there to, to really make it comfortable for me to accept and, and kind of, at least explore as theories, you
0: know. And with your scientific background, it, it, it is. Uh, I hope the people listening will will realize that with your scientific background, it, it's enough to convince you. Given the given the data you've you actually your tactile experience with 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 science <laughs> compared to the to the concepts being shared. But h- how was the experience in in Yo-Soy? What what strange, <laughs> what unusual experiences did you? get to uh have there
1: yeah yeah um it was awesome i mean it, it was a really great experience i i had no idea what i was getting into <laughs> <laughs> pretty much uh because i i didn't like i don't have a community like this uh, in in portland i don't have a uh A bunch of people or a network that i'm connected to who who i can talk to about these things or experiences but through um through my exposure and research personally um on the guy network and uh just asking kind of uh, pulling tarot working with uh pendulums doing meditations i had enough things saying go to egypt go to egypt go to egypt Mm. do this trip where like it, it was getting so redundant of, of me asking <laughs> this question yeah, that it yeah. felt like the next tarot card I was going to pull was just go to Egypt. You yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> so I had something within me saying, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. It's outside of my comfort zone, but something is pulling you there. And you feel, when you think about going there, you feel really bright in your, in your gut. Um, so just do it and figure out, figure it out when you're there. And then I get there and, and well, we have this month actually of lead up, where we okay. have to do uh, daily meditations, daily practices to connect with different nodes of the earth. Um, and there's a specific number of nodes around the earth based on kind of sacred geometries. And, um, and so we, we are assigned, divvied up in different ways between um, the different elements as well as the different um, matter, spiritual and um, uh, uh, emotional uh Mm -hmm. kind of context uh so because each each element has different uh refractions of itself that need to be represented and so in the month leading up to it we do these daily meditations connecting with our node so we can bring that energy and that preparation work to egypt and have that be a central point as a way to um uh connect as a as a full group and, and um, represent the nodes across the entire planet to, to do some sort of global activation yes. that will create a um, network, essentially, of uh, information exchange and energy exchange yes. that helps us as a planet and a people um, kind of accept the next level of yes. consciousness and awareness. Yes. Yeah, that was the intent, um, and that was something I had not had a lot of exposure to going yes. into
0: it. Yes, uh,
1: But it was so cool to have kind of a reason to do these daily meditations and to connect with the ter- part of the earth. And and you, if you're representing the node, you're supposed to learn about the people, learn about mm-hmm. the history, learn mm-hmm. about the, the flora and fauna and the, the weather and really feel it. And... Um, I don't think a lot of people do that on a regular basis yes. with different <laughs> parts yes. of the planet, and to just kind of uh, be so intentional and to to say, you know, I'm here to connect with this this uh, place, represent it. I'm acting as an ambassador of sorts. I want to get permission from the, you know the energies that care about this space, and 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 bring that to Egypt and understand how it's all connected, and that this is a special time in history where we're we're embracing a new age and maybe what we're supposed to do there is not really to you know overnight make the world a better place and have everyone be happy and you know flying around like angels or anything uh but it's really the goal is to it felt like we were almost the mechanics behind Mm, the the -hmm. the people who were fixing up the engine and um kind of putting putting the infrastructure in place mm. to let humanity to let humanity do with it what what it wants. Yeah. Um, but at least we have this global network that is there. We have set so much intention behind it, and we have put so much love into our actions there. And it was very cool to be in the pyramids um, to to do this information exchange and set up this infrastructure because it was uh, very, very coolly thought out. Um, where the idea is that the water group would go up and down the Nile before we all get to Egypt, and they would go through all of these temples and go go up and down the um, uh, initiation path that happened for for ancient Egyptians and and um, people who lived in that area ten thousand years ago, twelve thousand years ago. Yes, and through that the water is what contains the memory and so they would um, travel on the water understanding the path uh, the, the information that that has been stored along these paths and temples throughout history and bring that with them to Cairo, where we yeah. would and, and i was part of the the fire group and the mm. fire group was responsible for being within the pyramids and actually going through this activation process and the fire and water coming together um where water represents the memory the data and the fire yes. represents the activation the the, the, the creation the spark, element yeah. when, the spark when these things come together and the pyramids you know um I'm not 100% sure on, uh, how they're, they're, they were used or built in the past, but there's something extremely special about them where it feels like an amplifier. It feels like once you're in there and you have this intent and you have this unity across the people who are also with you and the same goal working towards the same, same activation. Um, it feels like you're in the perfect space to send out a huge energetic pulse or, or uh, message or, or tune into a system that you, not a lot of people get to tune into. Yes. Um, and so that was very cool. And then there were other groups um, that had different responsibilities with the event where there was also air and air were people all across the world. They weren't necessarily in, oh, okay. in Egypt. Well, actually so, some of them, Maybe they were there. There The the ether group was all across the world. The air group was um, there to help spread the information. So Mm -hmm. so they were were there to represent the, you know, once fire and water came together and it's activated, the air air carries it and moves it. Then the earth group was there to ground it and to make sure that the information after being spread and activated comes back to the earth and comes back to being something that's, that's grounded that, um, people can tap into and, and use. And then the ether group, um, represents the, basically the essence. Uh, so historically ether has been defined as like an oil that, that takes on a scent of like rose petals or, or something like that. So you capture the essence of the information. um, and, uh, ether is kind of what, what connects all of it. It's, it's the in-between, it's the, it's, the, it's the non-physical representation of, of the information and the, the, the data. So that was kind of cool to see it so well thought out and to be part of it in that way. And, um, and there were plenty of strange experiences that happened that were very confirming that something extremely special was going on.
0: C- can you elaborate? On that? <laughs> or if, if, if you have to go, it's okay. But can you? No, I've got, I've,
1: I've got time. I got. All time. right, okay. Um, uh, so yeah, so I think there were definitely times, for example, when we were in the pyramid, uh, we would be essentially singing, chanting, um, synchronizing our our vocalizations a little bit with with Matthias kind of uh organizing it and there were points throughout that experience where I I could feel presences I could visualize different things I could there were it was like we were all in the king's chamber and above us there was a uh, an arena of of beings uh watching or 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 observing, or just kind of like, I, I got the overwhelming sense that if we're doing something so strange like this, that, that may have an effect on, on a higher level, um, there there could be a lot of beings that wanna check out and make sure we're not, you know, messing something yeah. up or <laughs> like, <laughs> we're not doing anything Yes. Bad. yes. And so uh, their presence was very, very welcome. But there was also points where I was singing and it felt like I could hear 10 other voices of myself. It wasn't like the people around me. It was just like, it had all uh, multiplied. Like I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe, but, but it felt so um, unified. And, and then there were very much angelic moments where it felt like a choir of angels singing and uh, made me cry at different points because it was just so beautiful. And, and then there were other elements that, that connected us to nature. And it felt like there were animals, spirits walking around me that I could feel and, and were uh, brushing, brushing, brushing past me or grazing by me or something. And I think it was extremely um, impactful, at least for me personally, because I was the very last group uh, I was part of the very last group to, to, to go in, do the activation. Um, and so my experience involved kind of finishing the entire process because multiple groups had to go in over multiple days. But, um, at the end we, we got confirmation that, you know, it happened, we activated a network and, um, and, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's not that Bad things aren't going to happen. Bad things will happen. Still, <laughs> it's 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 how the world works, and it's how things grow and change. Um, but the the point was to raise awareness and to raise consciousness and to empower everyone, every conscious being, to to get to that next level if if they so choose.
0: After the experience there in in Yosoy, were you able to? notice differences with, with your, with your sensitivity to the world? Yeah.
1: You know, I, I wish I had a more fun answer, but I I really had to shut down a bit after. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was really, it was just so overwhelming. It was so overwhelming. You know, it was, it was taking on a ton of energy. It was taking on a lot of other people's energies. It was, uh, uh, it was it was you know I, i've only been in this space for a couple years and i felt kind of like a toddler jumping into the deep end you know yes <laughs> and and uh not knowing all the language to use or, or the experiences of others and everyone's like an energy healer or a reiki master or a yoga person and i you know i have a regular corporate job. (laughs) Uh, and, and, and that's not to say I didn't feel welcome or comfortable by any means. Everyone was extremely amazing. Um, but it just, you know, I, I, I had a much harder time coming home and reconciling my regular life with that experience. And so I think as a result, I had to do a lot of processing, um, for at least a month or so. And, um, but now I feel like after that uh, that period in Egypt was a period of great expansion for me and and coming back from that you know naturally ebbs and flows I need to go through a period of contraction to to process to decompress and now I feel more capable than ever to kind of go go on the next steps go be a little more intentional get the right tools get the right training so I'm not you know stumbling into other uh, supernatural
0: experiences? Actually, the we're all in the same boat. Well, me, technically, I came in, I I learned about all this stuff maybe a year, also a year or a year and a half ago. We all have day jobs. So, and it's hard, it's kind of hard to reconcile with what they're seeing, what they're experiencing, with uh, what needs to be done day to day, right? Yeah. That's a hard thing to balance and uh, to... What do you prioritize, right? How do you prioritize your spiritual, your spiritual uh, journey versus your? You have to earn money, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. hard for that, yeah.
1: Yeah, my understanding of that is just, or at least the way that I've kind of addressed that is, do some more work. You know, like do some more kind of what I can and what works for my life now, um, and and. I like to call them per- periods of high density, high value mm. spirituality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's like, okay, Egypt was great. I I did a ton of focus and growth and and time in that. Now I have to kind of okay, let's regroup, get back to like regular life, and then it's it's kind of like um, scales constantly yeah. trying to balance. And and now I finally feel like I'm getting to that point where I. I see the world's getting closer and closer for me at least because i have a i have a position where i can um influence the the, the some some brand power to to be good
0: to okay. to do yeah to, <laughs> do, to do yeah to,
1: to, to, to represent people to be yeah. more inclusive to yes. be more compassionate to be more um I, I don't know uh representative of the world so C-
0: can i ask what 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 What's your, uh, lineage in terms of your, uh, where does your family hail from? Like genetics? Yeah. Where does your family hail from? Yeah.
1: So I'm mostly German and Irish. Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of very European, um, but also like Nordic. Um, so, uh, a lot of like Swedish, Scandinavian, um, and it's, it's funny because in some of these meetings I've done more, more recently with someone who opened my Akashic records, some of mm. my um, medium <laughs> uh, connections, <laughs> okay. like all of these things and, and, and confirmed through my personal kind of meditations and experiences. I also did like a past life regression at one point. Um, uh, but, but all of that, um, starting with the medium was the first to say, you have a very strong connection to kind of like Celtic and Nordic. Uh, uh, beliefs more 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 druidic practices you're most at home you you don't you don't um, resonate so much with symbols and symbology or like you know w- Wicca or anything you're you're a person of the earth you connect to the earth and you're most at home and, and with trees and greenery and, mm. and, I, and I guess you know I was born in the right place because I've yeah. stayed in Oregon my entire life so. <laughs> <laughs> which is very green and very earth so
0: I'm um, actually uh, I'm not sure if that was you. I saw someone enter our discord with your name. I'm not sure if you entered. Was that yeah. you? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh oh, unfortunately, again, most of our conversations are in Tagalog, but there is a room there. It is uh an interview with a person who lives in the Appalach- Appalachian. I'm not sure if they're pronouncing yeah, it right.
1: The um, East Coast Mountains. It, it's
0: titled Live Chat with C and And I got in touch with him through Reddit because he was again, he was giving he was giving um advice on shielding, grounding and all that stuff, which Uh, Again, it resonated with me and I asked him to talk about it. And apparently, he probably has the uh, Celtic also origins and he connects with uh, Norse gods. So he has, again, he is psychic also and his mother is psychic and he lives there in the mountains and he connects with Loki, he connects with Thor. And again, if you do not believe in this, you would be like, what? No? <laughs> and apparently he does. And he explained it there in the in the chat. So it's mostly in English. So I can send that link to you. So you can see, I, I think he has a hearing disability. So he said, I can only do chat. So we did the whole interview on a Discord chat. So it's all there. So uh, you can, uh, I'm not cool. sure if you would want to read through it, but
1: I would love to, that sounds awesome. Yeah.
0: So he was telling us about his. Again, he had to be in nature to connect with, uh, with, with Loki and all that. And when you, when you talked about that, you felt you were being observed when you were in the, when the, in the pyramids. I'm not sure if what you felt were Egyptian gods looking at I, you, watching over.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so from, from there were a lot of people who actually said they recognized Egyptian gods and the god uh, Toth uh, is actually, you know, a god of ancient wisdom and, and education and teaching. And, um, a lot of people said that they either saw him or interacted with him. And I personally didn't have that type of uh, crisp experience, but uh, there was definitely something uh, there was, there was, there was a lot of stuff going on. And, and even outside of the, the event with the pyramids, there was plenty of stuff in the sky, plenty of strange things that I saw while we were on the Nile. Uh, uh, Yeah. it's a very special place where, you know, I hadn't really seen stuff before.
0: Edith was able to send me a picture of something he saw flying in the sky, but how about you, what were you able to experience there?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if in Oregon it's just too cloudy and I don't have <laughs> enough or, <laughs> or what, but I was, I was blown away by how many things I saw. Um, and, and I think it is, it is an extremely energetically charged place. It's, it's, it's got so much history, so much information stored there, so many secrets as well, so much, so much under the ground that has yet to be explored or discovered. Um, and uh, so, I saw something the day that we came out of the pyramids and finished the activation. We mm-hmm. were all out on the field, probably about two thousand people outside the pyramids in, on the on Giza, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we just look up in the sky, and there's this kind of a few different white kind of blobs that are sh- moving around very shiny, reflective. And I, I just don't really know what I'm looking at at the time. And, yeah. and I think I have a video I can send it to you later. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, a few other people took videos. It was, it was moving in such an erratic way, you know, not like, not like a balloon, not like yeah. a drone or other <laughs> things that would, that would appear in different areas after, after a little while. And, and so I thought that was that was very interesting and then the following morning we went to the Sphinx to do mm-hmm. a a, a, thank, a thank you to the Sphinx we got a very up close and personal with it and um, you know basically wanted to thank the the old age for being what it was and embrace the new age and and, and appreciate the Sphinx for the for um, what it has done and, and represented throughout human history and as we were there you look up in the sky and there are stars that are definitely in place um and not moving and then there are other things that look like stars that are very much not in place and are not just you know shooting across the sky they're 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 swerving and they're, they're clustered and there are other things that are just so um you know, not what I'm used to when I look up yeah. at the night sky. <laughs> and and then um, fortunately after that, we were able to be on the Nile. I Both both Edict and I were, were there, and that's where we actually became closer friends. Um, and we had multiple people look out uh, as we were just traveling from the Southern Nile up to the North, and very plain as day, like glowing... <laughs> discs in the sky mm-hmm, with lights mm-hmm. underneath them five lights and wow. um and there's there's a bunch of them there's uh, points there's only one at other points there's four and they're stretching out over uh, I, th- I think we were just south of luxor at the time or, or north um but yeah it was it was wild and everyone got got photos and some video and it, it was uh yeah it was crazy and then another point on the on the boat, um, I was up at the top on the, on the, on the main deck and I was looking out and I just kept seeing at the, at the edge of the river, probably a hundred feet up above, above the, the Nile's edge, right at the, right at the land, there were just black wisps that almost looked like, you know, smoke columns that, okay. uh, that are just maybe at any point five to ten feet in from from top to bottom but hovering just uh, maybe 50 feet above the ground 60 feet above the ground and and at first I was like oh something must be burning when I yeah. saw the first one and that was just a strange little you know um duster or 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 wind cyclone that was making it look that way and then I saw four of those and then I saw six of them and then Ten of them, and then I kept seeing them at various points throughout the Nile, and I was just like, it was almost like they were there were things waiting at the edge that weren't yeah. going over the water, but were just there to either observe or, I don't know. I'd, I'd never seen anything like that. I don't know how to research it. I don't know who yeah. to talk to about that stuff. But
0: what time did that happen? What around what time was that?
1: Uh, it was around sunset, actually. Yeah, and it was it was extra it was extra eerie because I mean maybe not eerie but extra magical uh, because there was the call to prayer because you know egypt is a as a uh, islamic nation and so the call to prayer is ringing out through these these small cities along the the river's edge and then you've got palm trees and you're floating up the nile and the sun is setting and then there are these black (laughs) (laughs) swirls of smoke waiting for you yeah yeah, and i'm kind of just like where the hell am i what what kind of movie is this right now (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Nathan, if I may ask uh, Again, for, for, uh, a common denominator from the people we've talked to Who are in this field or starting in this field Or experience in this field Is that you have to have some sort of uh, belief system And you mentioned your dad was an agnostic before I'm assuming you were also an agnostic?
1: Yeah, pretty much um, We we grew up fairly um I would say, new thought Christian, Mm. where it was based on the Bible, but more kind of Bible is a great story uh, where we can apply lessons and still be very accepting of different um, ideals. Um, But basically, by the time my sister and I were in our early teens, we kind of got out of it, Um, and my parents also got out of it, and it didn't help that the minister of our church had embezzled millions of dollars, (laughs) so, yeah, and then the church got shut down, and we were like, well, maybe this is just a sign. Um, We don't need to keep keep pushing it in this direction, but I mean, I I think we've all always been, or or for me personally, I've always been open. Um, I think there's uh, stuff to learn from every religion, and, and really valuable things I think a lot of the time organized religion can, and, and specific religions can get just like history, you know, manipulated over time and we can get fed whatever the powers that be want us to believe and think and to to, to maintain um, structures and power, yeah and control. So. I, I really like the idea that I get to have my own personal experiences and come up with my own personal belief system without anyone making money off of me or telling me what to do.
0: <laughs> so so you use that same belief system when you when you connect, when you when you do your shielding. Is that how you do it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've I've I I have enough experiences telling me that my my mom's somewhere, you know, and she's she's helping me. And I want to respect that and I want to honor it. And also I've had enough things like protecting me that I, I also want to give thanks to them. And, and I notice when I, 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 when I lean into that belief system more and, and act on it, life gets so easy for me life gets so it makes so much sense it makes it makes me feel more comfortable and and when I avoid it and when I when I ignore those things and I'm not thinking about all of the stuff it it feels discordant and like I I'm not doing what I'm meant to do the other so so going back to dreams about mom real fast because you just reminded me yeah she she uh she she told me she had an assignment Right. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be able to talk to her at some point. And yeah. so months and months went by when we were connecting on a pretty regular basis. And then, after um, after probably three or four months, I had another dream about her. And I was give, getting this visual memory of, of like my third birthday party or something. And it was great. And it was a costume party. And I had lots of friends over. And my mom, I, I remember had taken care of a lot of those things and she kind of joins me in that memory, but I'm my age now yeah. And, yeah. and she's uh, different. Yeah. And so I see her and I'm just, and I remember saying like, thank you for being such a wonderful mother. Like this was, this was a, 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 an excellent childhood and you did amazing. And, um, and she, and I, and I think I, you know, reminded her, I loved her and I appreciated her she responded in a way that was unexpected where she had now kind of transitioned a little mm-hmm. bit into yes. a different version of herself yes. uh, where she before leading up to this point i had been you know her her baby boy her pride yes. and joy and she she wanted to shower me with love yes. every time we we connected and now she she was changed you know she she yes. was still very loving still very caring yeah. She wasn't treating me like like her baby anymore. Yeah. She was treating me more like a, a comrade, more like yeah. a friend. Yes, and and so I picked up on that. And I, I mean, I was maybe a little surprised, but I wasn't um, upset. Um, I uh, and she she appeared young. She also had this kind of jumpsuit thing on, almost like a like a Air Force kind of uh, thing, and she was talking to me and I was just like, Oh yeah, your, your assignment. What, what happened? Like what I haven't seen you in months. And she said, well, I was part of a bigger, um, bigger initiative to basically the way she was describing it was maintain a moral balance between extreme energetic forces. And so it was like a war of sorts that she was helping defend kind of powers of light and good, um, she said something about establishing a, a more diplomatic system uh, or democratic system for beings that weren't getting along and was acting as kind of an authoritative force in that situation. I was like, whoa, that's, that's some big stuff. <laughs> that sounds really important <laughs> if, if, that's, if I'm not just making this up in some crazy fever dream. And she said, yeah, well, it's like it's kind of why they, they needed me um, I said, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, and then she showed me, she she was like, do you want to see where I work? And I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) And so, uh, so we kind of transitioned to this huge open, um, hall where it was, it, it was probably 300, 400 feet long, or, um, I don't know, 100 meters <laughs> for for anyone who's on that then this huge map that looks like a solar system uh, 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 but it's flat um and it, and it lays out a bunch of different clusters of solar systems not drawn in the way that i'm used to or that or that i've seen you know where where it it kind of had a main maybe like sun or energetic center as the central circle and then concentric circles of other planets, other celestial bodies that kind of made up the grouping of that maybe solar system or, or planetary collection. I don't know. But it was a strategic map that that changed and that they had a lot of people looking at and observing. And there were other things that were floating over it that were kind of observing it as well. And I noticed, I noticed our solar system and I said, oh, that's, that's ours. But I'm, I'm used to like, you know, nine ish <laughs> planetary bodies, including, including, you know, the sun and, and there were 16 or, or so, maybe I, I, I can't remember the exact number, but more than expected. And, and I asked the question, why, why is that uh, for our solar system? And then immediately in my head, I got like, Oh, it's because there are other celestial bodies in our solar system that have, um, purpose, that have yes. an, a kind of a, an energetic soul to them that, yes. that we also have to keep track of and, and uh, be aware of and work with and have on our map, you know, as <laughs> yeah. something to care about. Um, and so I thought that was super interesting. Um, it, go ahead.
0: Was this around November or December last year? Uh,
1: you know what? I have, I have my journal. I can double check.
0: Actually I just want to check up because I'll, I'll let you know after.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was, uh, it was November eighth.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, to tell you why I asked that again, I, I I got to talk with this girl who got to contact, uh, ETS also, and uh, we got we we had some sort of experience where. Entities were forcing her to do something she didn't want. Uh, it's a long story. It was leading up to the date you were in Yosoi, which is two two two, correct? Yeah, two, 2 Yes. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah two twenty two.
0: It was leading up to that, and then she told me, "Oh, that was around uh, October." She told me around October, "Oh, there's a war." So I was like, "Oh, okay, there's a war. Okay." And then I I I was checking right now. That's how, how was I was able to know. Was what that November eighth? Sorry?
1: November November eighth is when I had that dream. Okay. Uh,
0: November twelfth, she messaged me, hi. Uh just to update it's in Tagalog. Uh, just to update you. In the astral plane, the Galactic Federation has won the war. <laughs> so, I mean the dates kind <laughs> of a line. It's a ele- this is twelve. She probably didn't tell me right away, but <clears throat> yours was eight, so.
1: Wow, that's that's crazy. Yes, yeah, yes. I, have, I have. I mean, I haven't talked to anyone about this. I, I, I don't even. I don't tell people about these things. So yes. <laughs> it's it's kind of wild. Uh, but she was gone. She was she was off the radar for for four months doing something really important, and she came out kind of a changed person <laughs> as a result. Uh, but seemingly victorious. Like yes, there was more. There was yeah. more work to do. Just, uh, you know. Uh, sh- I, I I got the vibe that she was very much a uh, a boss, uh, yeah, like a very very authoritative, knew what was going on, knew yeah. how to handle the situation type yeah. person. We
0: we also got to talk with this person who uh, he actually passed away last year. But when we got to talk to him before he passed, um, he told us it, uh, he's the only person who got to tell me this. Eh? But he's he told us when people pass, when when humans pass. Uh, first or in that plane where you, I think, where you got to talk to your mom as your mom. She, she was your mom. And then, when they move, again, this is a, Christ, a Catholic or a Christian concept, when you move to the light, when they get there, when they get to uh, connect with the source, they have an unlimited past to go back. But, they already know the whole story by that time. So, probably because after she... Accepted her, what happened? uh, Her passing when she got to go to that to the light, and she knew her assignment. Probably that's why she was a bit different. That's just my 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 interpretation of what happened. But
1: yeah, yeah. No, I think that makes that makes perfect sense, and that's kind of been my experience since then. Where um, our relationship has not been as frequent. Um, It it shows up in in less frequent more efficient ways sometimes <laughs> where it's just these little kind of like hey yeah. you good I'm good okay bye you know like uh where she I think she's gotten to a point where she understands I'm at a good space in my phys- in my spiritual journey to take on um the work but there have been enough dream follow-up from that and enough uh discussions with my medium and the Akashic Records uh, experience <clears throat> where uh Yes, basically, tell us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like basically my mom understands her role at that higher level and that I also have a role to play here um, on, on, on Earth and that we are connected and that we're, we're working towards the light. We're both working towards something good. I don't know exactly what my role is yet, but I... <laughs> I know, I, I, know how to tap into some of that and start learning in that direction. And that, um, over time she's, she's going to be pulling away a little bit because she's yeah. got, you know, she's got responsibility. <laughs> yeah. And, and as long as I'm like on the right direction, yeah. she doesn't need to, you know, helicopter parent me anymore yeah. or anything like that.
0: So, so can I ask, uh, I mean, I've been, uh, skirting around the question, but, uh, you have probably heard the term but uh in your akashic records were you told that you were a starseed or or some or something of like, like that?
1: Uh yeah. So I I don't really fully understand the the term starseed. I think people kind of throw it around a lot yes. But, uh, <laughs> yes. and so I don't personally commit my identity to that but I do feel like I was put here for a very specific purpose. So this kind of um it's, it's, so maybe I can give you more context around yeah. my soul's history, and then yes. people, people and listeners can do with it what they will. Yeah. Um, so when I was in Egypt, all of these people were having these experiences where they were like remembering. You know, they mm-hmm. they they were remembering being there twelve thousand years ago or mm-hmm. eight thousand years ago, and all of these experiences in Egypt and with pyramids and with the Sphinx and and back when it was a lion's head instead of a human's head, and all of these things mm-hmm. that. Um, that were really ringing true for them, and Mm -hmm. and all of their experiences, I was I was listening to and understanding. But for me, uh, being trying to be really true to my intuition and trust my my you know gut. Yes, yeah. um i I, <laughs> I was really i was realizing like this is that's not my experience yeah. you know like I, yeah. I i under i hear what they're saying i believe mm-hmm. what they're saying but it feels more like i read it in a book like mm-hmm. like it's it's secondary information that mm-hmm. i have acquired before and i really feel like i have had only a few past lives on earth and um and before that i was part of a completely different existence um, for, for a while. Yes. And I have memories of, you know, being basically the, the first time I came to earth in a long time, at least was being a French, uh, uh, French woman back in the late 1700s. It was part of a wealthy family and then experienced a lot of the, political turmoil of the elites in Europe in that time period because there was leading into the French Revolution and the American Revolution and all of these things and um, some really strange distinct memories about that that time period but also I came back after as a businessman in the Industrial Revolution um probably and I think also in Europe I'm not I'm not totally sure on all the details. but then i remember there was another life after that where it was a war or there was there was a war going on and i, I didn't have a family like in the last life I, did, I didn't have kids and i was quite young and went to war and experienced i just remember some of the most horrific brutal kind of awful uh, war crimes that that can that can happen and and died in that life because of some of the horrible things. And then, my memory kind of gets a little hazy, but my my intuition tells me that that was my last life. Mm-hmm. That I went back to wherever I was. Okay. To say to say I don't want to go back there. <laughs> this place sucks. You know, there's, <laughs> they're they're killing each other. Yeah. They do not. They do not have wisdom. They do not have compassion. I. I, I understand I was, I was put there to help and to drive them. And I have to forget my memories every time I go, but like, I need a break this, like they're, they're, they're struggling and it's, it's too traumatic. And so I think I, I took a, took a spiritual point of view for a while, took care of family members, was the, was the higher level being, watching over loved ones on uh, in various places. And then Finally, um, I, I have this feeling, it's so strange trying to articulate these intuitions or these memories, because I don't have a direct memory of it. I just yes. kind of know, I just kind of feel like I know what happened. Yes. And so I, I kind of remember having a discussion where they were, they were finally like, okay, it's time for you to go back. And, and I, I remember being a little reluctant. Um, yeah or having this feeling like i don't, i not i don't know <laughs> do they yeah do they have their shit together yet yeah. i a, i don't want to be part of another war um basically what was said to me was don't worry like this is a very special time this is this is um a lot of help is coming it's not just like it's not just people who are one offs at this mm-hmm. point it's yeah it's it's droves yes of yeah. of, of good light beings and people who want to help and who can you know push the needle will be with you Um, and you won't all know it you won't all realize it Uh, but there will be enough of that collective soul energy that really makes you feel hopeful about and so that's where we are today I think (laughs) where I'm, I'm getting these memories I'm getting these these info downloads a little bit and I'm I'm realizing like, okay, so, well, these things only come true if I kind of make them come true. And if I, if I research and if I get the right skill sets and if I connect with the right people and do the right things. So working on it.
0: I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to uh, extraterrestrials, but uh, were you able to identify what area you came from or what star system you, you came from?
1: Yeah, I forgot to tell you about this when you asked about out-of-body experiences, but um, there was another one I had actually, a, a, a dream, where I was part of, so I'll lay the setting first. Uh, it, it, it was beautiful colors, very kind of organic looking atmosphere, slopes and, and curves, not harsh uh, uh, terrain or anything. Um, but it was almost like everything was oil slick colors, like just very beautiful purples, blues, really reflective. And then, and then there were these spires that were pretty geometric um, that, were, that were glowing. Uh, I think it was yellows and pinks and purples and blues, <clears throat> but beautiful spires. And then I, was a, I, I, I remember this chord or the sound it was like, it was like constant music constant okay. sound in mm-hmm. the background that was just like a perfectly harmonic arrangement of, of chords that kind of just uh, felt like angelic resonance ongoing um, and and then I was approached by these tall blonde beings that have sl- they looked very human, um, but a little more like elf-like, like like Lord of the Rings type, um, tall, slender, beautiful. And their eyes were slightly bigger. And it looked almost like their I I couldn't stop looking at their eyes. One, because I got such a good feeling from them. It was so loving. It was so comforting. And then the other, because it almost looked like they, their, the, the color of their eyes was almost like, galaxies or something okay. like that yeah.
0: inside was, inside the eyes
1: yeah the color yeah, yeah. so it was uh it was beautiful and they were so friendly and they then i remember just this this woman walking up to me with uh a baby and i held the baby in my arms and it was this beautiful blonde girl with the same type of eyes big eyes she actually looked a lot like my sister um <clears throat> uh and uh, if you know she was a eight-month-old baby or something yes and and <laughs> and I just remember having so much love for that child and feeling so at home like it was like I was visiting a family I had missed you know and so I've had a few other interactions like that with similar types of beings where they feel very familial to me and then when I've asked about and, Either my, my medium or Akashic Records uh, people. I think my medium said once Pleiadians, and then my Akashic Records person said somewhere m- maybe more. Uh, Arcturian? Yeah, maybe, or, or Syrian. I don't know. Mm. So the other thing that that the Akashic Records revealed was that there was, um, it was originally part of a, a species that came to earth way, way, way long ago to help with the, um, evolution process. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And there was people that were very connected to the land, very connected to the earth and the water and, um, and had a gem in their forehead and, and kind of bluer skin. Um, and I think the gem was to represent the third eye and, uh, uh kind of an access point for that. And, That I have a very deep connection to planet earth because of that initial process, but I hadn't come back here as a soul in a very, very long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not, I, 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 Also, being a scientist, I get a little caught up on uh, where star systems are, because we're we're assigning them from our viewpoints. And there's actually clusters of planets that have all sorts of variety and biodiversity around different star clusters and star systems. And so, you know, I'm I'm not too committed to being just from one place or another. Mm -hmm. But I've seen I've seen plenty, and I uh, I I find it fascinating, and I I love the family connections I can make.
0: Do, do you try to do you try to list down the different things you encounter when you dream, when you have dreams? It's like okay, t- tonight I d- dreamt of a uh, when you're describing that uh, wookiee like with a big mouth. Okay, do you do you list them down or I mean it's not a Pokemon thing, but I mean it's like it's <laughs> like you're like collect it's like you're checking the because. I got to talk with a, a psychic here in the Philippines, and he said he's gotten in contact with or seen 28 of them. That's what he said. So, uh,
1: like in person?
0: Uh, I think so, because he's seen feline, uh, feline uh, no, uh, uh, ETs. Wow. And then he's seen another group of ETs that eat the dwarves <laughs> here. Because they are, because they are uh, here in, in the Philippines. you believe in elemental, so there are dwarves. There are uh, beings that have horse heads. Uh, so, so anyway, there are ent- there are itis that eat the dwarves. So, but I mean, in terms of in terms of cataloging them, have you have you begun to catalog your?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that like the 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 tall uh, tall beautiful ones. I I have descriptions of because I get so i'm so comfortable with them they, they they've I've seen them multiple times and they're they're like family every time i connect um but but the other thing other ones are just kind of one-offs and and i should i think i probably do And my i've been journaling about this for two years now so i probably could create some sort of you know <laughs> rolodex of some sort <laughs> but but I haven't, I haven't intentionally done it. I mean, the, the, what's important to me is is not the race of different things or the the species, because I think every 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 individual being can be different and can have their own soul and their own personality and their own take on how the world works. So I don't want to, I don't want to bring, I don't want to project my earthly racism into whatever yes. <laughs> <the> galactic <laughs> racisms. <laughs> We we yeah. are trying to avoid altogether, you know. So
0: Nathan, uh, someone here has a quest uh, a question. Can you describe the hall where you saw your mom working? Because I think she saw something hmm. like it.
1: Yeah. Sure, sure. So, uh, so I, I I remember it being just huge, like like the inside of a stadium size wise, um, probably multiple stories tall, where. It was almost like rectangular in shape, uh, probably four hundred to five hundred feet long, two hundred feet wide. On the back side, uh, there were there were stairs that went up to kind of this entryway into a more cut off section. There were I remember them there being turnstiles, so mm-hmm. it was like sec- security restricted areas yes, yes. where you have to scan yeah. something, um, and then that. Behind that was was maybe a building that had multiple floors that that was um, in a secured area that my mom had access to and she she wanted to bring me but I yeah. I got as soon as I tried it that's when I woke up um, and then so that's the backside of the room from my perspective and then we're looking over this huge map that kind of spans the majority of the floorway and there are probably some some steps that go up from the map because the map is, is sunken down a little bit on a, on a grade. Um, and then uh, it's it, it has a, a slight curvature to it. And then to my right, I, I don't remember what was to the right. It was either a, a wall or it could have been completely open because there were enough crafts in the air that were coming in and out and, and mm-hmm. hovering over the map yes. and kind of creating a, a observation kind of Wall of of crafts um, that I imagined that um, one side of the building was either open or or some connected to a tunnel or connected to a way for other things to get through. But it was very uh, very very futuristic, very sci-fi, very like metal. Uh, lots of metal surfaces, shiny. A lot of people, a lot of beings there. Probably a hundred walking around. It felt like very open, large war room of uh, yeah. space. And I get the impression that that this is one of maybe many locations. There's probably not only only one, you know, center of, of benevolent forces that need a good map to help yeah. save the universe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, or look over Earth and yeah, the, the stupid yeah, exactly. things we're doing. <laughs> yeah, Silver also has a question. I think this is in reference to your akashic uh, experience. Can you remember or identify when you did the akashic, someone was accessing your records? You were speaking through that person. Is that correct?
1: Uh so that person was speaking to me, uh, yeah. and their gu- my guides were were giving them information. Ah, uh,
0: okay. He also has another question. Do you sometimes get downloads in your dreams? Meaning suddenly you're you're sleeping and then suddenly information you're not aware of just comes in yeah
1: i mean i i, I i'm reluctant to say completely yes to that because I, it a uh, download sounds so well organized yes and, uh, and uh, yes yes uh uh so so i don't want to m- mis misguide this response at all but uh my i've had times where I get a flash of information or a name or a statement or something where I'm like in between dreams or in between awake and asleep and something just comes through and, and it's almost like it's being, you know, yelled at me, uh, but not really just telepathically. Um, so I mean, nothing extremely of note, uh, but I have, so for example, I get five elements acupuncture, which is a. Um, a type of of Eastern acupuncture that that focuses on everyone's soul kind of being connected to a certain element, and I was treated as fire element for like five years um, and then I, I um <clears throat> had this experience where I was able to um, get called into my my practitioner's like master who was visiting from london and she she just worked with five special out of the blue patients and i was one of them and um the evening before i had that i had a dream where i got a bunch of different things kind of downloaded to me and And one was you're missing an element, and this was right mm-hmm. before it was this was right before I'm going to Egypt, okay. and and so I was just like you're missing an element. What does that mean? Yeah, um, and because I was like I've I've been meditating, I've been yeah. trying to get all this stuff right for for for, for the, the, trip. the Yo Soy event, yeah, and and I'm, I I want to make sure my spirit is as balanced as possible, so this is important. <laughs> um, yes, so I wrote that in my journal with a few other random things where I was just like none of this makes sense, um, and then the next day. I go through that, that acupuncture session and the master comes through and does an assessment and has, doesn't tell me what's going on, but has a sidebar with the practitioner and, um, that I've had for years. And she comes back to me and says, you're not fire, you're, <laughs> you're, you're water, uh, and I've been treating you incorrectly, and I need to, huh? I need to do a quick reset before, before I can feel comfortable uh, sending you on your way. And so I was just like, "Oh, okay." And I actually noticed a huge difference in the treatments and how I felt afterward um, as a result. And I didn't make the connection until weeks later, when I was reviewing my journal, I was like, "Oh shit. The <laughs> I, yeah, I was missing the, the element and I needed this to be fixed before I could, ha- you know be my best kind of collective self uh, going to Egypt for this task. So,
0: but but in soy, you still participated in the fire, in the, Yes, Because you were assigned to yeah. that. Because you were assigned right. to that. Right. I've yeah. I
1: brought up elements at different levels throughout this conversation. It's so okay. They're it's not okay, all yeah. connected.
0: Yeah. Ah. Okay. Um, they're, okay.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, and then otherwise, when it comes to like aside from from dreams, um like I think there's downloads of information that I'm not conscious of. So, like with some of the stuff we did in in the Yosoy event, I think there were things where there was a ton of information exchange going on, whether I was consciously interpreting it and, and cataloging it. I don't know. I don't think so. And not in the, not in the way that, that, you know, a, a page of information shows up on a screen or something, <laughs> but, but I think those things were happening cause I could feel it and I could feel these energetic exchanges and these empathic exchanges going on. And, um, and so there were downloads in that sense, but they're much harder to articulate or say exactly, definitively what was and wasn't.
0: Yeah. Because um, I, I, uh, there, I've been talking to someone who has been getting downloads, he would say, and um, he <laughs> doesn't understand what he's getting because he he's seeing it's like code. And then we found out they are supposedly light codes. And light codes are supposedly of extraterrestrial origin. So he refuses to accept that he might be, uh, his soul might be of uh, ET origin. <laughs> so uh, he said, "No, no, thank you, <laughs> no thank you to the downloads."
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, that does remind me of actually a one dream I did have where uh, I I was actually with my mom, and in one of the, after after we had. Um, it was the, the dream where it was raining. And she said, you have everything you need to weather this and gave me a hug. And then um, I remember the next part, we're looking at a flat surface, I think, and there's script on it, but it's the script I've never, ever seen before. And, and so it's, it starts in a line that, that is, is kind of, scribbly text and then it it goes down a little bit before that first line finishes and then from halfway through that first line extends out another ways and then so it's like these descending lines that aren't using the whole left to right space it's almost like stair stepping its way down as far as the script is concerned and then there are these beautiful kind of scribbles uh that that connect the uh symbols words with uh script of some sort it almost looked like like elvish or something um it wasn't not like this no it wasn't like that it was because it was so linear it was Mm. like lines uh in a row like like straight across left to right
0: Mm. okay okay
1: yeah but but then my um i have another person in my life who is a bit of an energy healer and she channels uh ETs sometimes and she had I think she sent it to me a while ago like Arcturian and Syrian script that she writes down when she channels and that looked very familiar to to the stuff I saw in my dream um,
0: It's not like Sanskrit? No
1: I, I don't know um, I would have to Look at Sanskrit again. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, I, I. Sorry. It was a lot of scribbles, but it was in lines, so it wasn't you know just a little picture like that. Um, and then there were there were more line. It was more linear going through, and then like stair stepping down. Um,
0: so you're being given instructions. You just don't know how to. Uh, I just don't interpret. know how to read it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's 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 probably in my. In my psyche somewhere, but I yeah. don't, <laughs> don't know what to do with it.
0: <laughs> be, be, before we end, Nathan, I just have last two, last two questions. In, in Portland, ha, were, have you been able to experience some, I mean, stay weird there, but have you been ex- able to experience weird stuff there after, I mean, after your Yosoy event or even before?
1: Um you know not too much in the pacific northwest we have a lot of bigfoot sightings um so i'm actually quite a firm believer in that um even before all of this it was just kind of something that that a lot of local oregonians just say yeah no that's just a thing everyone <laughs> yeah. has a story yeah. uh and and so that's that's one thing you know where my aunt has her uh, uh plaster print from the farm and everything that she, she caught herself. Um, But outside of that energetically and spiritually uh, I've been pretty, pretty well left alone. Um, There are a lot of like ghosts and haunted areas. And I can feel it when I go there and Mm -hmm. I avoid them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Portland also has quite a dark history. um, And so there's a lot of, uh trauma that has that 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 i think souls have been stuck with um that kind of haunt the area a little bit but um the one the one thing that's been really unique about my specific house that i that i live in now uh, is i i got the house about six months in i i was um doing yard work in my front yard. And this Indian woman walks up to me out of the blue. Well, uh, and, and she's in kind of um, traditional Indian um, dress. And she says, you know, Mike, uh, do you live here? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, this is a very, very special house. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? Um, and she said, well, years ago, back in the 80s, this is where I would do yoga. This is where my, my um, guru lived. And he would do extreme, powerful meditations and um, yoga practices, and um, and it's just an extremely special place. So she said, you know, be be uh, good with the energy here, and and take care of it. And I said, okay, of course, yeah, I, I will. Um, but uh, it it's kind of it, it kind of weirded me out in a in a in a good way because I was. I was like, there was something special about this place. And there are kind of energetic um, areas all around Portland that I think can be tapped into. And there's plenty of places on the West Coast in general and in America that I think are very special and have some strong, uh, I don't know, portal-like qualities yeah. <laughs> to them that I just wanna be respectful of and also visit and tap into a little yeah. bit. Yeah.
0: Okay, last question. Um. How was your experience playing D and D after knowing all of these? I mean, do you play or do you DM?
1: Yeah, uh, so I DM'd a little bit, um, but man, you you throw out the D and D question as the last question. That that's a that's a whole new episode right there. <laughs> we can <didn't> go longer. <laughs> but the so I, I I DM'd a couple times and I love it. I think it's so fun um, and. I love creating stories and I love creating characters. I think um, I like playing it a little, a little bit more because I like, I like adopting different personas and accents and, you know, uh, motivations. And, and it feels like, um, I'm more at home a little bit with these, you know, we were talking about these people who look like elves that I have dreams about that are, that I consider family when I'm asleep. And, um, and so to to have this simulated experience, this tabletop role playing game, where I get to maybe connect with them and have a story with them, and shared kind of friendship and love and family, and and take on that identity, it feels very. Um, it's just like a little taste of home or something, uh, which which is kind of cool. Uh, I don't know. I I also just like that magic is something that can be played with, interacted with, and made part of either funny situations, or life and death situations, or very powerful, great cinematic situations. And in this game, it's uh, so accessible and normal conversation, whereas in in our day-to-day lives, talking about, you know, (laughs) spiritual like portals and and forces and uh, you know magics is not as common
0: (laughs) (laughs) fifth edition or earlier fifth edition fifth edition okay Mm -hmm. nathan thank you thank you for taking the time we took a lot of your time thank you very much
1: no not a problem i really appreciated it
0: oh thank you we appreciated your time also
1: and i would just say that you know, um, uh, if if there's anyone who wants to reach out or connect afterwards, if they could go through you and um, that, then we could have a way to maybe potentially connect. That would be that would be great. Because as I said, I don't have a ton of people that I connect with on these things, so I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: You can you can freely post a message on our Discord. Uh, most of the most of the people there understand and can uh, answer you back in English. But it's in general, it's just mostly Filipinos. But Again, we have, we have a few foreign guests there. <laughs> so if you have dreams that maybe you have, because uh, one of the learnings, actually what they found interesting about our uh, relationship in Discord is they are able to validate some of their experiences with the people they talk to. And so, so if you have, again, if you have some weird dreams or you have questions that you want to ask, feel free that is a community that is a community but, but again sorry mostly in Filipino <laughs> that's okay
1: I'll make yeah. do yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so if you have a question feel free it's, 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 a, it's a safe space
1: okay that's awesome well I appreciate you uh, hosting this podcast and getting getting people like like this together to talk about whatever it's yeah. really cool
0: <laughs> okay thank you thank you thank you very much yeah okay a big thank you to Nathan for agreeing to share his story with us given that certain details were a bit personal. Thank you again, of course, to Edict for connecting me with Nathan. None of this would have been possible if you didn't post your picture with Matias. So, thank you, Edict. As mentioned in Edict's episode, these episodes are released on 11.11, which of course connects to the Yosoi event in Argentina. Edict was adamant that I post it on 11.11, so to follow Edict, here it is, on 11.11. Instead of answering questions, our conversation with Nathan adds more questions. Can everyone have successive dreams with their relatives? Or was it because of their special connection? Is Nathan able to visit different galaxies in his dreams? Or does this have something to do with his soul origin? What and who are the ETs who went to war? And Why? <laughs> so stress so more questions more questions for us if you have other questions as well for me or for Nathan message me via email at paranormalsph at gmail.com and I'll relay them to Nathan or message me on discord I'll make sure Nathan gets your questions in case you prefer to ask it via chat you can hop on to our discord server where we discuss these things endlessly most of the conversations are in Filipino but we welcome all nationalities to converse and have deep talks about the paranormal. If this is the first episode you've encountered from our podcast, welcome. I'll post a link to our English-specific episodes where we talk with people from different parts of the world. If the subjects here interest you, you might consider subscribing to the podcast on YouTube, Facebook, or Spotify. We are currently on a season break but this is a special bonus episode and normally we have episodes on Tuesdays 7pm on Spotify and Thursdays 1.37pm on YouTube. A big thank you to our Paranormal Patreon peeps and coffee supporters. Sunny, Jay, Don, Bob Capo, I am who I am and Z, thank you for your continued support. If you want to support the podcast in other ways, you can choose your favorite episode and send it to like-minded friends. The Paranormal Podcast is engineered and produced by F90 Productions. I would greatly appreciate it if you leave us a review on your preferred delivery platform. These reviews, these shares, of course the likes, all these things help the podcast get seen and hopefully um, help people who are just opening up to the unseen world So thank you everyone for listening. See you when I see you. El, el portion. Okay, so after our call, one of the people in the call, Silver, remembered that in one of his dreams or astral travels, he encountered beings that look like dolphins, but are upright. So if you'll remember, I think Miss May also told the story of uh, helping someone whose soul origin or, yeah, soul origin, you could say soul origin, was of uh, a dolphin as well. So you can look back, I think, at this episode 51-52, Ang ng Tala. Anyway, back to Silver's story. He remembered that Nathan mentioned that he saw dolphins that can walk and were not earth-like. So Silver said that there is a tribe in Timbuktu called the Dogon tribe. And according to them, dolphin-like creatures taught them what they know about the stars. Now this is consistent-ish with what other indigenous tribes say like the Aborigines and the Native Americans, because they say they were taught by star people about how to grow crops, how to cultivate the land, and all that. Anyway, the Dogon tribe had prior knowledge about the location of stars before they were discovered. And these stars were Sirius A and Sirius B that could be seen drawn in cave drawings. So Silver said that it might be safe to assume that Nathan went to Sirius? and met some of these entities, It's just a possibility, yes. So when I relayed this to Nathan, he said he was familiar with the Dogon tribe, based on his Akashic records. As told to him, he was closely tied to these original beings that helped bring knowledge to Earth a long, 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 long time ago, since his connection to Earth goes back to the more tribal island water people in the past. Definitely something to look into. I'll post links to the Dogon tribe and maybe some Aboriginal and Native American beliefs of ancient aliens who visited to teach. This is very interesting, actually. If you follow the fifth kind on YouTube, you'll hear uh, Sir Paul Wallace talk about something similar as well of ancient ETs. He calls it paleocontact, um, reaching our planet way, way back and uh, helping, helping possibly, or or adjusting our way of life to fit whatever need it was that they needed back then or to subjugate us. Or as Nathan said, there were others way, way back who came to teach and some came to do something else. I don't know. So that's for you to research. So thank you for listening, everyone. That's it. Bye-bye.